guys, Jennifer Ruskin here, and today I want to talk a little bit about how to show up fully as you. The first part of this podcast will be how to show up fully as you out in the world. And then the second part of this podcast recording is going to be how to show up fully as you maybe in the bedroom, okay? So lately I've realized that there's different friend groups that I have or different um, business women groups that I'm in, different like pockets of my life where I've fully shared myself or where I haven't. And yesterday I had drinks with a group of women that I I met at a 10,000 woman event that happened in Charleston right before COVID. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, And I remember looking at them yesterday as we were having our drinks and sharing appetizers and, you know, kind of getting caught up on our life. And I said, you know, I'm so grateful almost three years later that we get to be real, that we got, we get to talk about the good stuff. We get to talk about the real shitty stuff. We get to talk about, you know, where we feel stuck, where we might need help. Um, and I so value those relationships in my life these days. Uh, it's like the older that I get, the less tolerance that I have for living a really surface level life. And so, you know, fortunately or unfortunately for you, if you're friends with me, you know, you know you're going to go real deep real fast. That's just how we roll. And if you're not interested in that, then, you know, I'm probably not a good friend for you. So right now I'm in several different groups and a question came up this morning that I helped answer and that's really the topic of today's podcast. Um, and, and within this group, I'd say it's a very sexual group. The focus of the entire group is about sex and liberation and how to truly live your authentic life. And so one of the men came in and asked a question and he said, I wonder how others navigate and deal with different aspects of their personality. People see me and say what they see is what they get, and that's true. However, I don't show a lot of other personas if not appropriate for the occasion. I'm a good guy, and usually I don't show the other aspects unless I feel okay doing it. Other aspects for him that he included were bad boy, unselfish lover, shapeshifter, polyamorous, kinky, etc. And he says... Does anybody feel the same? So I responded to him because I have struggled with this as well. Um, Most of my adult life has been in corporate retail. You know, I grew up in my 20s at Walmart. I I was in a cubicle. I quickly climbed the ranks, you know, had people that worked for me and with me. And I felt very scrutinized, scrutinized to the point where I would have babies and then, you know, what was it, 12 weeks later, you know, came back to work and, and I felt the pressure to look like I'd never had a baby. So I'd spend 12 weeks, the two kids that I had dieting and exercising and trying to get back into my skinny pants so I could (laughs) walk around and be a boss babe or whatever it was that I was at Walmart. Um, and which makes me feel very sad for me that that's the way I thought I had to be. But I guess I come from a world in retail, in business, that you're expected to look a certain way. You're expected to behave a certain way. And you are told if you don't look and behave a certain way, you will not make money. 
you will not have a job, you will be fired, you will be let go. Um, so I remember even being worried to just post on LinkedIn anything, anything at all. I was like terrified. And I think, you know, 17, 18 years later, this was my mid-20s, I don't feel that and I don't think that that's cor the corporate vibe anymore. Um, but unless you own your own company and you're willing to lose clients when you show up authentically, I can see that also still being a really big concern. So what happened for me to make this change, you know, I would, I, let me continue on with my story back then, I guess. I showed up in a very masculine way because that's the environment that I was in. I wore pantsuits to work. I, uh, when I did leave and started my own company, I did a photo shoot for my new company for myself and, you know, to use on social media. And I'm in blues, different shades of blues and dark navy and just dark colors because I wanted to still have kind of this masculine vibe. And I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to attract potential customers um, and clients if I looked feminine, you know, which is stupid. But I guess is probably still true because most of the women in my field still show up that way. But a few years ago, I realized that some of my very favorite influencers, the people that made me want to buy their books and drink the Kool-Aid and, and create a life like them, they all showed up as their whole self. So at this time, it was Rachel and Dave Hollis. You guys have heard me talk about them quite a bit. I mean, me and a million other women were following them. Um, that was the conference where there were 10,000 businesswomen um, in Charlotte right before COVID. It was the last big event that I went to. Um, and we were all drinking that Kool-Aid. And what was cool about them is they did a morning show on Facebook every morning and they would just talk to us about their day and what was going on and who was coming into the office and who they were going to record a podcast with and what was going on with their oldest son and oh camp was coming up and uh, they're going to be sending the kids off to camp they talked about like Rachel talked about at one point they uh, committed I want to say it was October or November an entire month to having sex every single day to see if that strengthened the relationship and to find some fun in that. And I was like, oh my God, these people are sharing information about their, their work life, their personal life with their kids and their sex life. Like what is happening? And I love it. And I want to be a part of it. And I want to show up in the same way. So at the time, as I mentioned, I was a staunchy business owner, did my photo shoots in dark, had really dark masculine branding. And I started to realize that publicly, if Rachel and Dave could show up so authentically to us, maybe the world could also take all of me and handle all of me. Jennifer the wife, Jennifer the mom, and even Sexy Jen. And I completely redid my branding, my look, my feel, my vibe. I've done a bunch of photo shoots since then where I've had a leopard skirts and pinks and yellows and really, really, really embraced the feminine side of myself. And I started this podcast. This used to be called Bricks and Clicks. Before that, it was called Soulful Business. So this is really my third podcast that I've launched. I've kind of just rolled everything into Jennifer Kayla Ruskin, who I am, because I am all those things. I am a wife, or I'm now a partner, but I'm not married. I'm a partner, and I'm a mama, and I'm a business owner, 
and I hold space for clients and I have lots of friends and I am sexual. Like I am all of those things. And I go buy groceries at Whole Foods. Like <laughs> I'm just like you and you're probably just like me. And I think it's really fucking important that we show up who we are. I had a phone call with my best friend this morning and she was so excited. And she says, Jen, it is a full moon. And not only is it a full moon, it's a super moon. And I feel so much energy. It's coursing through my body. And I think everybody needs to know about it. Like we are in the midst of some amazing energy and we can manifest anything we want. (laughs) And I'm like, girl, you are not telling me anything. I don't know. I feel it. And you feel so passionate about this. You should tell people, like not just me, your best friend, but you should get on Facebook and like do a live or you have a website, freaking write a blog post about it. Share it with other people because if you feel passionate, other people are going to feel passionate. Or if you have a message, other people need to hear your message. And she said, Jen, I, I understand. I've never told you this, but I was at a really freaking dark place in my life And you posted something about a priestess group. You posted something about you and a bunch of other ladies joining together in the woods and doing some kind of fucking magic. And I don't even know what it was about, but it brought me out of the darkness and it gave me hope. And it made me realize that I should be doing something more and that there's something to live for. There's something to go experience and I wanted to be a part of it. So if I... Jennifer Ruskin could impact her, my friend, by posting about an event I was going to and some weird witchy shit. Like, imagine what you have to share and imagine the amount of lives that you could impact from someone listening to you or reading something that you post or you just being brave enough to show up who you are. So my feedback to this question, to this guy that asked this question this morning was to just, just start showing the parts of yourself that you've kept hidden. And as you gradually come out of the closet, (laughs) you're going to find that everybody loves seeing those different sides of yourself. And then it just gets easier and easier to share. I was telling my friend this morning, it's almost like a drug. The more that I share, the more I want to share the more I'm mindful about sharing, the more that I'm mindful about the things that I say and post and tell clients. And I'm like, damn, that was good. I need to write that down. I need to go pop that in my blog so that I can reference it later. I need to make that into a podcast like I'm doing right now with you. I'm using my notes that I sent to him to record this podcast. Okay, we're 11 minutes in. I'm going to flip into part two. How do I share my full self privately with my lover? So part two to his question was, how do I show up in the bedroom fully as I am? I'm a nice guy. And so I think he shows up in the bedroom as the nice guy. And so what I did is I just took each one of the sexual blueprints. If you've been following me at all, um, I just came back from Boulder I've been studying underneath Jaya and Ian, and I'm in their Erotic Freedom Club, and they have a framework, which they call the Blueprints, that tells you what sexual style you are, and then gives you permission to be that. 
So out of all of the ones I'm about to say, I am all of them, and I'm called a shapeshifter. And then each one of the next four that I'll talk about are also very unique, and most people are one or two of these things. So I'm going to go through each one of these four pretty quickly, and I'll tell you how I show up. And it's probably, it's a good thing, I guess, maybe that I'm showing you how I'm showing up underneath each blueprint because I do show up underneath each blueprint. I'm pretty fluid in each one of them. I like all of them, and so it'll give you a good idea of what showing up could look like instead of just being the nice girl, you know, the nice little girl or the nice boy in the bedroom. So the first, uh, the first blueprint that I would cover is, is kinky. So how does Jen show up kinky? And I would say in that way, you know, my partner is a really nice guy. He's a nice guy, just like the guy that asked the question this morning. But I crave his dominance in the bedroom. I am dominant at home. I am dominant at work. And when I get into the bedroom, I don't want to be dominant anymore. I mean, sometimes I do, but most of the time I don't. So in order to fulfill that side of me that craves some kink, then I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll just outright ask, can you lightly bound me? Like, can you pull my hair a bit? Can you, right? Or I'll be a little bit more aggressive than normal towards him in, or, in order to encourage his dom side to kind of come out more. Um, this bad girl is also one of my favorite personas to play with. This is a fun kink thing for me. And we call her Naughty Jen. <laughs> the kinky side of me is Naughty Jen. And she shows up all throughout the day. So it could be me, you know, playing with him as he sits at the desk. Like, you know, like I lightly rub him or grab his cock. It could be me rubbing my breasts on a glass shower door so he can look but he can't touch as he's, you know, soaping up his hair or whatever. Um, sometimes I pretend to be somebody that I'm not out in public just to spice things up and keep him guessing. Like, I really love the kinky, the kinky part. I mean, I love all of them, but it's, it's one that's especially fun for me. Sexual, so this one is my second favorite, and I, I just like to keep things spicy and keep him guessing, as you can imagine. I've already said that with Kinky. Uh, so like last week, um, he was in the shower, and I knew that we were going to play that evening because we'd already discussed it. So as he's in the shower, I quickly shut all the drapes, lit all the candles, put on a sexy outfit, and grabbed my vibrator. And then when he walked into the scene of me pleasuring myself as I maintained eye contact with him and kind of like gave him these sultry moany vibes he the whole room just pulsed with sexual energy and it was a super super hot sex event um, so that's a fun way to play you know grab your vibrator bring your bring that sexual energy in um, and play with your partner the third one is sensual so last week, I got out all of our sensual toys. I masked him up. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes to our favorite mask. It's one that Jaya and Ian also use and recommend. Um, it's great if you have lash extensions because there's this little like extra padded device inside of it where you can actually keep your eyes open even if you want, but it's completely blacked out. So they're super comfortable. Um, and about an hour into playing with all these different sensual toys, he just kept the mask on and made love to me slowly and sensually. And because he didn't have any sight, every single breath, moan, 
quiver sigh that I made, like he was extra tuned into it and it was incredibly hot. The last one is energetic. And for me, this is one of those that's an all day burn. So it's waking up and touching my partner for a while before we even get out of bed. It's snuggling, it's smooching, it's running my hands over him, scratching his back, like really starting to waken up his body and his energy to me, but not having sex. So we get up, we make our coffee, get some breakfast, go through the day. Um, it's other things like he's really good about this one for me. He'll come up behind me as I'm brushing my teeth and kind of squeeze me and give me a hug. And sometimes he'll like rub my nipples while I'm brushing my teeth just to play with me. It makes me crazy. And then I'm like, oh, damn it. And I got to wait the rest of the day. <laughs> it's lightly fondling his ass in the kitchen at lunch just to let him know, hey, I'm here and I see you as a sexual being and I'm just going to play with you a little bit. A sensual kiss right after a conference call. That's really fun. Um, sharing a shower together before bed. And I love that so that, like, by this point, we're so revved up, you know, by the time we get to bed that sex is just a natural consequence. Like, you can't not have sex when you've been revved up all day. All right. We're about 17 minutes into this podcast, and I hope that this gives you some ideas both inside and outside the bedroom to allow you to start to show up authentically as yourself, as that multi-sensual um, lover, that multi-dimensional human. We have so many sides of us that, that we hide for some people and show others. And for others, we show some things and hide others. What if we just showed up truly authentically ourselves? And I know what you're thinking, because I thought it for a lot of years too. What if they can't handle me? What if they shun me? What if I'm not their friend anymore? And what I would say to that is they're not for you. I use this a lot with Scott. Um, he has stepped out in this Roe versus Wade conversation and made several posts that are very neutral, that are just asking questions. Or he might pose one side and say, hey, this is some interesting information that I found. What do you guys think about it? Here are my thoughts and has had really hateful comments jump on there. He's had people say, I will never be your friend again because you don't take my position, whatever the position is. And so I think it's really important for us to authentically show up in our life exactly who we are and to not be afraid to lose the people that are just not for us. It's that shedding, it's that peeling of the onion. I'll tell you in my life, I've done it over and over and over, and you can see real-life examples of that through having two divorces. Do I feel like I've had a failed marriage? Nope. Do I feel like I've had a disaster of a marriage? Nope. Do I feel like I did something wrong or something negative happened or my partners were terrible? Not at all. I have amazing relationships with both ex-husbands. My first one is my kid's dad. We were together around 10 years, a decade. He is currently, or he has been my whole business life. He's my CPA. He's the father to my children. We live in the same subdivision, about two blocks away from each other, and we're constantly at each other's house. He watches my dogs for me while Scott and I are gone. Um, we watch his dog for him while he's gone. 
If he has a date, I take the kids. Like we are there to help and support each other go through life as we share children together. We share birthday parties, all of it. We share the expense of everything. We have a big expensive birthday party coming up in August for the boys and we both just pay half of it. We decide what we're going to do and we make it happen. I am so grateful to have a partner that's willing to show up and to not be ugly just for the sake of being ugly. It's how can we make life easier for both of us? Hey, I'm happy to take the orthodontist appointment on Thursday at 8 a.m. <laughs> you can take something else later like the, you know, the eye doctor. Um, husband number two, just recently divorced a few months ago. We came to the point in our lives where I was going one direction and he was kind of staying where he was at. And we decided that we just didn't want to, didn't want the same thing anymore, even though we deeply loved each other and cared for each other and had a beautiful almost decade together. Um, love his family. I mean, that was the scariest thing y'all going, oh my God, I'm going to lose all these people that love me. And, and I have. His parents have unfriended me. The rest of his family has. They've, they never talked to my kids again. Like it, was, it could have been very traumatic, but it wasn't because I know that there's no such thing as scarcity. There are other people in the world to love us. There are other ways to make family, right? And so my kids have never felt sad. They've never felt like they didn't have what they needed. They never felt shunned by these people that were their grandparents for, you know, eight, nine years, and then just all of a sudden never spoke to them again, <laughs> which could be crazy. But you know, it's all about outlook. It's all about how you view life. And so I'm just, I guess I'm asking you to look at your own life, look at where you're still in the closet, figure out a way to come out, fully be your authentic self, because it feels so good to be you. And then don't be scared to lose people along the way. They're just not for you.